Welcome to the Multipurpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. And here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. If our goal is to produce children who are educated and ready for the world, including personal finances in a school's curriculum or having extracurricular activities that touch on this subject is necessary. However, many schools just don't do this or have options after school. Our guest today has developed a high school personal finance curriculum as part of his math course and will share with us today some ways that schools, teachers, PTAs, PTOs, and other school groups can work this into their school community. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for joining us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, it's a a pleasure to be here, and I love talking about this stuff, so I hope there's some great value for your audience. Uh, My name is Rob Phelan. I'm a math and personal finance high school teacher in Maryland. Um, I also have my own company, The Simple Startup, which takes 10 to 18-year-olds through starting their own businesses. And I'm the lead curriculum writer at the Chooseify International Foundation, which is a nonprofit dedicated to improving personal finance education across the U.S. and then ideally the world beyond that once we conquer the U.S. So I have a you know, background in physical education, mathematics education, and then personal finance, something I added in more recently, especially once I realized there was such a huge gap and need for this in our society. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about that today. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little more about what prompted you to go in this direction? A total accident. Uh, Pretty much my entire career has been like, I've fallen into these roles and positions. I chose teaching as a career for uh, the terrible reason of not knowing what I wanted to do when I was in high school. And June, July, August sounded like a wonderful time. So that was my reason for picking teaching as an undergrad major. And thank goodness, it actually was something I really loved doing and I was actually okay at doing as well. So I studied physical education, mathematics, uh, realized very quickly through my teaching placements that phys ed was not really where my heart was. I really liked being in the classroom. I'm a sports coach. I'm a big sports person, but yeah, physical education wasn't my calling. It was in fact, inside a contained classroom building where balls are not flying everywhere and it's more, you know, academic and controlled and quieter. Like I liked that. Um, and I, I thrived in the math classroom for a good period of time. And then the school that I'm in in Maryland, um, the teacher who was teaching this class called contemporary math, which is a class we offer to our seniors in Maryland, where it combines personal finance topics with mathematics. So you get a math credit out of it. Um, he vacated the position and my principal said, Hey, you look like you could handle this, or you would be creative enough to try this. Do you want to take on this class? And not knowing anything about personal finance, I was like, sure, yep, I'll do that, no problem. And that summer, I dived deep into um, what is personal finance, what was going to be in this curriculum, realized that there's just so much about money and finances that um, you know, I frankly just wasn't aware of. Uh, in my wife and I's relationship, we had just gotten married at this point. Uh, she was the finance person in our house. She knew more about it, her upbringing um, included some financial lessons, which you know, made her the person that we turned to when it came to financial decisions. And that coinciding with being asked about doing this curriculum made us realize, you know what, we didn't like that imbalance in our relationship and we wanted to fix that. I started a journey of learning more about money and how it works and how we could do better with it. And through that journey, realized that 
the curriculum that we were using in our current school wasn't anything special. It was really boring. Actually, the kind of feedback from the kids was, you know, the other teacher made it somewhat interesting, but the actual content and curriculum itself wasn't great. And so I wanted to find something else, something different. I just couldn't find it. I couldn't find anything that was like, this speaks to what, how I believe money should work and what I think kids actually need to know to go out into the real world and be successful. So I ended up approaching a podcast um, that I listened to called Chooseify. And this is one of the, I'd say, top five personal finance podcasts in the US at the moment. So if you haven't heard of it, I do highly recommend checking it out as a great source of information for personal finance and financial independence, which I'm sure we'll talk about very soon. And they were all about wanting to team up and make a curriculum because they didn't have anything either. So I joined their team and started producing this personal finance curriculum for pre-K all the way up through high school. And it was something that was a really kind of unique experience in terms of creating something so big. Like I'd always operated within whatever the school had thrown at me and being given the chance to just say, all right, blank slate, what do kids need to know and you know, create it from start to finish? That was a really cool opportunity. And I think we have produced something that really meets the modern needs of kids in today's society, just as they go out into the real world. You know, Rob, I'm definitely sold on this. I, as soon as you were talking, I had a flashback to being 17 years old with my first checkbook and not really knowing what was going on. So I definitely understand the need for it. Can you walk us through a bit of your course and what do you do as part of your curriculum? So the way we thought about it was a high school senior who's just about to walk out into the real world. What on earth do they need to know to be a successful adult? So we thought about the content they need to know. So what are the the words pretty much. Let's start, start with financial literacy. Um, and then what skills do we want them to have? What do we want them to think about when it comes to money, the relationship we want them to have with it, their attitudes, their beliefs, their values. Those are all things we wanted to try and have an impact on, or at least ask kids to think about it. It's not like we're trying to say everyone needs to think about money the exact same way we do or I do, but more so let's just think about it in the first place so you can start forming your identity and how you're going to relate to money. So we started with the high school graduating senior, and then we narrowed it down to nine units. So those are kind of the core topics that we focus around. And we backward map that all the way down to the pre-K level. So, you know, pre-K, you're not really talking about things like investing. You're talking about things like saving for something maybe you want to buy next week, like a kind of a delayed gratification idea, um, talking about risk management. So it's not insurance at preschool age, it's risk management. So wearing your helmet when you ride your bike or checking the road before you cross, that we're always doing these things that help protect us from unexpected events happening. And then just relating that to money. And it goes all the way up age appropriately through elementary school, middle school, and then into high school as well. And how do students react to this kind of curriculum? I know that some people may think that speaking to kindergartners about finance could be over their heads. So what kinds of reactions do you get all the way from K through to the graduating senior? So the pre-K level, um, it fits into the way that kids learn at that age. It's very play-based. There's a lot of books and circle time and small group activity. Like the word money probably isn't actually thrown around that much because it's more so like, what are the, the I guess, mindsets that we want kids to have? So that idea of just being patient, of waiting, of um, thinking about protecting themselves from unexpected events. Like the word money may not actually come into the conversation half the time. But it's if you start including those lessons from a young age, as you build on it into elementary school, where maybe you can start talking about budgeting and saving for something in the future, or you know what, let's let's talk about this idea of investing. Like, what does it mean to put your money aside, wait for it to get a little bit larger, a little bit bigger, and then be able to use that for something else? 
And there's lots of different strategies that basically work with kids at the right age, but their reaction to it. I mean, I would love to say that every single kid who sits in this class is blown away by it. And like Wes, 17 year old Wes, like saying like, oh yeah, that's what I wish I had at that age. But then you think back to when you actually were 17 and it's probably like, ugh, someone's talking about money and telling me how I need to live my life. Like, you know, half, some students don't connect with it, but a lot of them do. And it's one of those things where like, if you change the life of, or the trajectory of, you know, even a handful of kids in every 30 or so that you meet, you're going to eventually change an entire community. You're going to change an entire, you know, area state, like it will drip and grow. Um, just because it has that kind of exponential growth effect. So I, I, you know, kids tell me that they love what we're doing. Um, some kids tell me, you know what, it wasn't super interesting. I just wasn't ready for it yet. I get a lot of people maybe like a couple years down the road being like, um, can you tell me about that topic again? Cause I probably wasn't listening well enough. So it, it varies, but I do think that some kids are definitely ready to hear the message and some of them are not, but even if some part of it sinks in, they're in a much better position as a result of it. You spoke earlier about financial independence. Do you bring in that concept into the school curriculum as well? Absolutely. Yes. What age do you so, start bringing that up and how? Well, if we think about what financial independence is, financial independence is the point at which your financial investments or your passive income is enough to cover your day-to-day expenses. So you have the choice to never work again if you don't want to. Um, and that's a very attractive idea. I think for most people, I don't think anyone really says I want to work because I have to all the way into my seventies, eighties, nineties. I think a lot of people are like, you know, I do want to get to a point where work becomes optional and I can walk away. So, you know, pre-K, yeah, like that's not a very big idea for them. They're like, Oh, uh, work, what's that? Or mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy or whoever goes to work. But the idea of like not wanting to work anymore, you know, that doesn't sound fun at all. So it's more so a high school topic than when you start talking about the idea of retirement, but financial independence is all about earning more, spending less and learning to invest better. And then if you can do those three things, you will get yourself on a journey to financial independence. And you may realize you're on that journey a little bit later, but we can put some of those wheels in motion from the beginning. This is all really interesting. And I think it's, it's so important for schools. I, I can't even reflect that enough as I'm, as you're talking about high schools and, and talking about retirement, I think that was around the same age I started talking about retirement or first kind of got knowledge of what retirement should look like and what age group. Can you give us a general walkthrough of kind of what are some, of, what should some of these teachers be talking to students about if they're in elementary school versus middle school versus high school? Can you walk us kind of through the trajectory of learning about personal finance? Yeah, absolutely. So if we're talking about an elementary school student, a lot of our curriculum is still kind of story-based, play-based activities that you can do that are encouraging students to pick up just positive financial habits. So one that we really want to focus on is just getting a habit of saving a little bit of money every time you get some, or if we're going to have a small sum of money. So we encourage our parents to let kids handle small sums of money so we say, okay, we're going to the grocery store or you just got you know, your birthday money if you happen to get money for your birthday. And we're going to talk about now, like, how are you going to handle that money? Is some of it going to go into saving? Is some of it going to go into investing? And we do actually talk about investing at that age. And then, okay, let's keep some for spending. It's important that you spend some of your money on yourself. It's not about hoarding all of it and never spending it. So it's learning how to respect money, how to treat it responsibly. And then you move that up to middle school. Now we start really talking about, okay, you know, what, what can you do to invest your money? What are some things you can do to get your money to grow? And 
introducing the idea of entrepreneurship is another one that comes in around the you know, upper elementary, middle school and high school level. So can you take your money and turn it into something like a business that could then grow your money for you? Um, we do talk about things like owning a stock in a company. What does that mean? You can put your money into like the bank of mom and dad and say, like, see if they will give a interest rate and show you how it grows along the way. So yeah, there's lots of different conversations you can have. And it's just, it's like English or Spanish or math or any of those that you pretty much are having the same kind of core topics, but they just sort of expand upon themselves. And the level of depth you go into just gets a little bit more intricate as you get older, assuming that we grow the whole way. Sometimes when you start with high school kids and it's the only class they get, you start at the basics and then you grow it all in one go. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I like the concept that you mentioned earlier of financial literacy and just being familiar with the terms. I, at, you can start that at the kindergarten level with some familiarity and playing with money or small amounts of money all the way up to the real world concepts at the senior level. So I can envision that perfectly. We've talked a lot about how this would work into a school curriculum, but there are ways to get this information out to the school outside of the school curriculum. So not in a math class, but maybe in an after school class. And I know that you have some experience with that. What are some ways that schools or school groups can provide this kind of information in an extracurricular activity? Oh, a couple of things to highlight. Um, when we talk about schools that actually have a standalone personal finance class, it's actually really small. It's sadly extremely small. Um, I think five, five states, maybe six currently in the U.S. actually mandate one semester of personal finance to graduate high school. So to be eligible to graduate high school, you have to take one class of personal finance that is just personal finance. There is a bucket load more states who say, oh, you need a half credit of personal finance to graduate. And that half credit gets baked into things like Microsoft certification, intro to business, um, family consumer science, um, independent living. Like there's, you know, it's kind of hidden in a lot of different places. And then the standard of what's actually getting done there is very vague because there's no real, no one's really following up on that. It's sort of like, we're going to throw this at these teachers who aren't necessarily qualified to teach that particular subject, but you know, they love their own subject. They love teaching and they'll try and make the best of it, but we don't provide any like formal training or qualification. There's no real like teacher qualification for personal finance education. It's sort of just something that, you know, if you get thrown it, you figure it out and you start, you make the best of it. So yeah, I, our curriculum is designed. I should go back to that. Our curriculum is designed that any teacher or any parent or homeschool group or extracurricular um, club advisor could take and bring to their students or kids and say, you know what, we're going to talk about personal finance. We're going to learn some stuff together. So each lesson has prompts for the adult in the room to use with the students. So like, if you don't know anything about money yourself, this will script it through you. It, it will script it for you most of the way. If you know a lot about it, you can take the resources, you can take the activities and you can turn that into whatever you want. So that it's, it's pretty much for any level of comfort when it comes to personal finance. Now you talked about what you can do in a, like outside of a classroom environment. I think school clubs are a wonderful place to include this. Uh, particularly, I feel like when you want to talk about fundraising, it's a wonderful time to bring up money management because every club pretty much has a fund that is being used in some way. And you want to involve your members in how that those funds are being used because you want them to make active decisions about, okay, what's a good way to manage our money for this club? It builds ownership. It builds buy-in. 
They're more likely to fundraise for you when you do that. And you can talk about things like, all right, what's our budget look like? What's our, what, what do we want to spend money on? What's our values? Um, what are our priorities when it comes to spending? How much do we need to bring in in order to be able to meet all of our expenses? And then how are you going to make that money? Because that's when the, the conversation gets really fun if you want to bring in entrepreneurship. So instead of saying we need people to just donate money, how do we go out and earn it? And that's one of my favorite things to do because I, I run a club called the Millionaires Club in my school and we are not allowed to collect donations. You have to go out and earn the money for that club. I love that idea. And it certainly makes it very real world because the kids are very invested <laughs> in what is happening in the club already. They've joined and then it gets them even more engaged to discuss the finances of the club as well as you know, showcases those real life concepts that they will need once they graduate. So that's a fantastic idea. If schools are looking at bringing personal finance into their curriculum or into their club, what are the top three things they should look for in a curriculum? Don't pay for it. First of all, there is a ton of really high quality free stuff available, including the choose a curriculum. Um, I'll pitch out NGPF as well. So next-gen personal finance as another amazing player in the space who can provide free resources and curriculum that your school can use. So my goal is to get as many schools as possible to say, we want to start offering personal finance to our students and it should be as accessible as possible to every school out there, regardless of budget. And you know the materials shouldn't be very high. Like we don't have a ton of materials that you need. Everything is either digital or it's um, spoken discussions or it's simulations that are available freely online. You know, that's what you want, a very low barrier to entry, and you want it to be applicable to anybody who picks it up. You don't, shouldn't need a ton of training to be able to implement this. I would say, like, look for what the kids are interested in. Start there. So if you're saying, if you're seeing that your kids are super interested in, you know, I, for some reason, I'm getting a lot of kids recently who are really interested in real estate investing and, you know, find that topic in the curriculum and say, okay, let's talk about that first. Okay, what else do we need to know in, able, in order to be able to do real estate investing? and you kind of backward map it then into things like budgeting and, you know, cutting expenses or how do we earn more to be able to afford down payments? And then are, you have you got to manage people. What, what does that look like? How do you live with other people? How do you create like contracts for living with other people so that everyone's doing their share and you're making sure that all the costs are being met and it can, it can spider out into a lot of different paths. And that's kind of the fun part is that you as a teacher get to just kind of follow that and see where it goes. I like that. And it makes it um, new and exciting every year. So the teacher probably doesn't have the monotony of um, teaching the same curriculum over and over when they're taking cues from the students and what they're interested in. So I think that's an extra bonus for the teachers, but also makes it really interesting for the students who are involved because it's something that they've chosen to discuss and it's something that's personally interesting. So it's a great tip. And like, if you go onto the curriculum page, it's chooseifyfoundation.org forward slash pre-K 12. If you go on there, we have a suggested order that you can follow. So we start with things like just figuring out like your income and expenditure, like get a picture of your finances and then go into budgeting and then go into thinking about your bank accounts and what ones you're going to use and into insurance and then into increasing your income. So like it, it has a pathway that you could follow if you're looking for it, but I don't think I've ever taught the class the exact same way um, two years in a row, or even like I teach two sections of this personal finance class at the moment, and each one takes on its own life and direction, even though I'm teaching them back to back. 
Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the students are asking probably different questions. They have different interests and you play off of them. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me. If you had any final tips for a school or school group looking to ensure a successful new personal finance curriculum or program, what would you say? I would say look for any teachers who are showing an interest, first of all, an internal interest in wanting to do this. I think educating your teachers, even before you do the students on personal finance, is going to be a really important thing to do. I think you know our teachers are sadly not a profession that typically, you know, I say stereotypically, will look after their finances as well as maybe some other professions will. So it's not something that we are taught in college for sure. You kind of have to stumble upon it or be fortunate enough or Typically, it's you have a financial disaster and then you're kind of like, oh, how do I undo this? And that's when you maybe start going down a personal finance journey. So let's start with the teachers. Let's say, okay, what do you what do you guys need to know? What do you want to know more about? And then how can you start dripping this into your classroom? So where are some ways that you can bring this into an English class? Where are some ways you can bring this into a computers class? How about a science class? Like, where do you bring finances into that? And start training teachers on like, hey, this is how you can do that. We don't want to make it another requirement on teachers. You know, we get a lot of pushback when we do that. But if we can show that, hey, teachers, you need this too, it's really easy to just add it into the conversation as you're having it. There's not a ton of prep required. All the materials are there for you. It makes that integration a little bit easier. And then each year you add a little bit more in. And eventually I hope you decide to build up to a a standalone personal finance class. And if you do want to go for that from the beginning, that's awesome. Like reach out to me. I would love to help train your teachers. You know, we will do that for free at Choose by Foundation. We will put on webinars. We will put on trainings to get your teachers where they need to be to use our curriculum or any curriculum that you want to use for that matter. And um, look for, you know, look for other sources of professional development out there that can be used for those teachers. Again, I think it comes back down to making sure that your teachers are ready to do this and want to do it. That's a great tip. To recap what we learned today, For schools looking to go down this path of including personal finance in their curriculum or as an extracurricular activity, start with the teachers. Make sure that they have financial literacy and are able to teach classes on this topic or work it into their current classes. At the elementary school level, start play-based and focus on positive financial habits. Saving a bit of money each time you get some is a great concept for those elementary kids. In middle school, Talking a little more about growing money, investing, entrepreneurship. Those are concepts that resonate with the middle school kids. And then in high school, it depends a little bit on the background that high school kids have gotten. So you may want to start again with the financial literacy, but getting into real world financial needs and concepts of financial independence are great because they are becoming more and more real for those high school students who are approaching being adults in the real world. If it's not part of your school curriculum, Make sure to incorporate personal finance into school clubs. You can use the club budget or fundraising as an opportunity for learning for the students in those clubs. And finally, if you're evaluating personal financial curriculums, don't pay for them. There is a ton of free stuff available. Rob gave some great sites where you can get stuff. Um, So don't pay for those curriculums. And when you look at the ones that are available out there, look for broad applicability and focus in the topic on what kids are interested in. You can do that by using a general curriculum and then making it your own or looking for curriculums that are specific in a certain area that you know your kids are interested in. So really great tips, Rob. We've appreciated having you on the show very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
This show has been brought to you by K-12 Clothing. K-12 Clothing is a PTA dad-created business focused on providing high-quality school apparel while increasing access to educational resources through fundraising in schools. Learn more at k12clothing.com. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at k12clothing.com and click on blog. Thanks to Squad Locker for making this show possible, and we'll see you next week in the Multipurpose Room.